The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. During the season of Advent, we're privileged to hear what I believe are some of the most beautiful scriptures of all the scriptures we have in the Jewish and the Christian uh, testaments. They are wonderful scriptures, and of course, some of them come back to us with music. We can hear the music behind them. I often think of these four Sundays and the scripture that we read as sort of a grand symphony that God has put before us that we who celebrate and observe a Christian year have these four Sundays of Advent to really appreciate this beautiful symphony with its major themes and its minor themes with complexities that sometimes are even difficult for us to begin to unpack in order to fully appreciate them. Last Sunday we had the first movement and the first movement gave us a hint of the theme that was going to play throughout. And now this Sunday we get the trumpeters. We have two of God's greatest trumpeters, Isaiah and John the Baptist. Isaiah, of course, that wonderful prophet to Israel. And John the Baptist, perhaps the last of the prophets, as some think of him. But we heard from the prophet Isaiah this morning in this first reading uh, of someone who nearly 600 years before the birth of Jesus was proclaiming good news to God's people. The people of Israel had been led into captivity in Babylon. And life there was not as hard as we might think of it at first. Some prospered there. They had their own towns, it's believed. And for many, the life was pretty reasonable. They may have even become worshippers of the local gods. But what was happening to the people in exile was that they lost their identity. They had lost the land which had been given to them by God as a covenant. They had lost their king, who was the one who was a symbol of unity, and also the one through whom God would continue to bless the people. And they had lost the temple, the place that they understood to be the location of the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. They had lost their identity, 
And it must have felt also like they had lost their God. They had felt very separated from anything that they had known before. No matter how good things might have been in Babylon. No matter how wonderful the food. How wonderful the new things they were experiencing in that grand land. It was not at all like home. And they had lost their identity as a people. Now an amazing thing happens toward the end of this exile. Out of the depths of that reality of brokenness and of despair that many of them must have felt, came a voice of one who proclaimed God's good news. And we hear these words in this passage that was read this morning. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. And Isaiah responds to that and says, prepare the way in the wilderness, through the desert, back to Jerusalem. The glory of our God shall be revealed. And in a sense, what was happening as Isaiah proclaimed this good news to the people is he was inviting them to turn, in a sense, to repent, to turn from the ways that they knew in Babylon and to look back to Jerusalem and then to return to Jerusalem, to what they had known before and to make it even better than it had been before. Isaiah's message was clear and it was hopeful. Get ready. God will comfort us. God will restore us. Then, some 500 years later, we hear now from this last prophet, John the Baptist. And he comes to a people who are also a captive nation. They weren't in exile as uh, the earlier ones were, but they were certainly under the domination of the Roman Empire. Many of them had learned how to live in that occupation and to prosper. And in fact, one of the problems I think that the people faced was that the leaders in the temple had really sold out. They had, uh, they had attached their fortunes to the fortunes of Rome. And so for them to prosper, they had to compromise with the Roman rulers. And they also seemed to increase the burdens on the people, applying law upon law. And the result was that the people felt captive. They were burdened down by all of the guilt because they couldn't possibly meet all the requirements of the law. And into that situation comes the prophet, declaring God's goodness and God's grace and God's love for God's people. He proclaimed that they should come out. They should come to the Jordan and repent. And then as a sign of their cleansing, they should be washed ceremonially in the Jordan River. And if we believe the scripture we heard this morning, there must have been huge numbers that were that heard his message and responded to it in a very positive way. It said that all of Jerusalem came out. So it must have been a huge crowd that had come to be baptized by John. I'm sure that many had interpreted his message as a military or political uh, response, as someone who was coming, the Messiah was going to come, that Messiah was going to be one who would deliver them from Roman rule. But John's message was something else entirely. He was not overthrowing Roman rule, but rather he was freeing the people from the bonds of guilt and from the heavy burden of the law. And John offered the people God's repentance and God's comfort. Whatever it was that he was preaching, it obviously connected with the people. They were looking for that kind of relief, I'm sure, from all of the guilt and all of the burden that they were feeling. 
And it is as though there was a need for a spiritual cleansing in Israel before the Messiah would come. It's interesting to me that the message of the one that goes ahead of the Messiah is, is a message of cleansing, of preparing the way by becoming clean and inviting the people to turn from ways that perhaps were evil ways. Well, as I think about this message that come from God's two trumpeters, from these two wonderful prophets, it seems to me that the message is very clear for us today as well. First of all, we are called to prepare. Whenever you have someone coming to your house, generally, especially if it's someone you don't know well, you make sure you go through and you clean everything up, get everything in its place, and they think you actually live like that. <laughs> now, your friends, you can invite in unannounced, but you don't have to clean up for them quite the same way. But we're preparing for the one who is coming into our hearts, and that preparation involves a cleansing. And that brings us to this theological term of repentance. Now, I think uh, most Episcopalians don't uh, attach much. Well, I should put it this way. We Episcopalians have a little trouble with this word repentance. <laughs> it conjures up the image of tent meetings, revivals, preachers on the radio or television. And we just don't see ourselves in that context. And too often, I think, we dismiss the idea as something that belongs to another tradition, not to us. But I think it's important for us to remember that these theological concepts that we have in the Christian faith come out of people's experience. It's what people have actually experienced. And then as they've thought about it and talked about it and studied scripture, they've defined this experience with a theological term. The Greek that underlies what we uh, term repentance is a word that really means turning, a turning of mind or even physically turning as if you're heading that direction and suddenly you realize I need to be going the other way. We've all experienced that. It's happened in so many aspects of our lives. I did that when I stopped being an Air Force officer and became a priest. It was a turning. It was a huge turning. We do that in our careers. We do that in many aspects of our lives. And we do it in our spiritual life. I think for many of us, we come to the point where we realize that there's something in our life that doesn't quite match what we understand to be who we are as Christians and how we live the Christian life. And it is that little thing that is like a pebble in your shoe that reminds you that Something needs to be done. And finally, in a moment, you say, I'm not going to engage in this anymore. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to lead my life in a different way. That's what John the Baptist was calling the people of Israel to do, was to come out to the Jordan, to commit to a new way, and then to commemorate that with a ritual cleansing to remind themselves, not for God, but for themselves, that they had been washed and were made clean. As we prepare for this uh, Christmas that's coming so soon, it seems, this year, with all the things that we all are engaged in, and also an awareness of the burden that many, many people are carrying as jobs are lost, as the economy seems to worsen, as portfolios are halved in value. People are carrying heavy burdens. And God is calling 
each one of us. And God is calling us to comfort us. God wants to comfort us. And God is also calling us to prepare, to look at our lives and to ask ourselves, what is it that I should turn from? And what is it that God is calling me to turn to? And I believe in the turning. We will find that we have prepared. We really have prepared for the coming of Jesus. Amen. Amen.